Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Start. Appreciate you coming out, listening, taking time out of your day. This week, we're with Ben Haldwell. For those of you that don't know, Ben is a designer and developer. He hails all the way from the England land, which is nowhere near New York where I usually record. But Ben and I had a really, really good conversation. He is primarily... I mean, I'm labeling him now. He's not labeling himself, but <clears throat> I primarily know him for his work in JavaScript. Ben right now is doing a lot of teaching and that's like um, in-person workshops. He might be doing online stuff soon, but I, I cannot confirm or deny that. Uh, you'd have to ask Ben directly. But, you know, this episode, really this season so far has just been really good. I'm noticing that a lot of these episodes take little pieces of life that we all sort of experience from. Ben's episode, we talk about what it's like to get up and running when you first start learning and sort of that process. How oftentimes you are only Googling for what you need to know, which is always the case usually. And then you figure that out. And then you realize you also need another part that you didn't know about before. And then that sort of just keeps happening. You get deeper, deeper, deeper into this rabbit hole. And now you've got this, you know, brief knowledge of a stack that you need to execute a particular goal or task or objective. You know, we talk about being incredibly scared and frightened about trying to get a job, your first job in the industry, about walking into an interview and not being able to answer any of the questions or half of the questions, right? Um, and just sort of what goes through our minds, you know, development, and we talk about it in this, and honest, honestly, design is the same way. Um, we all suffer from imposter syndrome at some point in time. And it's clear with Ben and probably most people. So, I, you know, I'm, I have a positive outlook on this. I think with Ben especially, he doesn't let that get in the way. One thing that he says throughout the episode is that he uh, says yes before he has a chance to say no. And based off of the stuff that he's done with his life, with his work, the events, or not the events, but, you know, the uh, the educational series and, and teaching that he's doing now, it's clear that he just throws himself into it. And he knows that just based off of his own intuition and just wiring that he's going to get it done. He's going to succeed now. And, you know, success comes in all different shapes and sizes, but it definitely sounds like he hasn't really hit a snag yet. And I think that's going to be the fuel that keeps him going. Um, this episode, Ben, is really, really good. It was really nice to sort of sit there and, and confide in someone who has gone through the same things that I've gone through. And sometimes the things that I still go through, I get nervous all the time about coding stuff. I mean, I feel like every day I, I'm exposed to something new. I'm like, oh God, it's something else. You know, this is, it, it's not bad, but it's just like, it's a never ending world. I'm never going to catch up to those that came before me. There's no way in hell that any of us could know everything about our respective craft. That is, if you're a developer, if you're a designer, maybe I'm not as knowledgeable in that field, but it, there's, it's just so expansive. It's so big, but it was nice. It was really nice to talk with Ben talked about life and you know it was just nice to talk with someone who's had similar feelings and it was not quite therapy but almost therapy but in a good way super positive i guess a few housekeeping things before we get into it i've noticed that some of these episodes are going a little bit longer than our traditional 45 minutes to an hour let me know what you think i'm sort of testing this out trying to make sure that quality stays there but also not trying to force anything so if you find that you really like a little bit longer format, it's not much longer, maybe by 10, 15 minutes, let me know. Tweet at me, email me, whatever. Uh, the other thing is 
If you are the, a first-time listener and you like the show, please subscribe. Uh, if you're a general listener and you like the show, share with your friends, rate the show, review the show. All those things help us to be a little bit more exposed and open and available for other people to find the show and listen to it. But yeah, but that's about it. Without further ado, here's my episode of The Start with Ben Howdle. Thanks, guys. Dude, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, what time is it uh, over there in England? Where are you at in England? Where am I at in England? Oh, I'm very hard to... I'm right in the middle. Um, so I'm about two hours away from London um, in a very quiet place uh, near where I grew up. So I did go I did go work in London for a bit, but I preferred the, the quieter life. Uh, so yeah, it's a quiet Sunday night. Uh, it's about 10 to 8. Um, and yeah, okay. it's just very quiet. Nice. Are you friends with John Gold? It's okay if you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. I think if you go to London, I okay, think that's cool. kind of the onboarding for London is you kind of meet John Gold um, um, and go for just, a burger. Yeah. He just introduces himself to everyone at the gate. Yes, that's it. Yeah, you get a pass and you get you meet John Gold and then you get you. That's it, really. Um, yeah. No, I kind of, I like I said, I worked in London last year, so I, I made the most of, of going to like the meetups. And I remember I met him at a, a Meteor JS meetup. Um, oh, cool! Because he 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 held that meetup at Makeshift uh, Makeshift Studios, so I did a demo of a Meteor app I was working on. Met, met him, had a pizza, and then yeah, it's been um, it's just been a roller coaster ever since, really. So yeah, that's awesome. So Ben, for the listeners, maybe yep. we can give a formal introduction of who you are and what you do. Formal introduction, right? Um, so I'm Ben Howdle. Um, I'm a developer and a designer. I'm going to stick with that designer. I'm going to be conviction on it. Mostly work in JavaScript, uh, but more, okay. re- more recently got into iOS. And I'm finding that really exciting right now. Um, That's awesome. So, so far, I'm keeping it much more of like a, a hobby, personal projects kind of language mm-hmm. that I use. So I haven't actually um, either charged for it or worked for any external people with it. But um, very much using it as my little, little passion language at the moment. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, just trying to get just got into as much stuff as possible. So, so Node.js and front end SaaS or stuff like that. So make myself as useful as possible was my was my aim. You you know you mentioned that you are a developer mm-hmm. and there's a very strong conviction on the designer side, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate and respect. Which one have you done more of? Like, did you have you always been in, in, a, in a dual role or did you do one before and then pick up the other? Uh, no, so I came from um, a real back-end sort of PHP MySQL area. Um, oh, okay. Then learnt what HTML actually was, um, just purely so I could output stuff from PHP. Um, gotcha. And was very, building very crude internal tools as my kind of first experiments with web web programming. And then, yeah, I mean, design's always something that I've just... I've uh, I've been persistent with, uh, but never felt like... I always felt like I was a fraud kind of... Um, doing, doing the, like trying to do the design. I've always, I've also always worked with like really good designers collaboration, uh, and slowly started to just 
ru- like let their good skills rub off on me. Um, but yeah, so I kind of stuck with the design ever since, and never never wanted to kind of shy away from it. But only I think that's fair. Yeah, you've got to own it in order to become good at it, right? Like yeah, you can't be like, oh, I want to do this thing, and then never talk about it, never do it. So that works out. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of like everyone says, just stick with it; it gets easier. And it, you know, like most things, it has. Um, but yeah. I think there's that thing. If you come from a developer side, you just see designers so alien and you're like how do you make these things look good how do i just make it pretty sort of thing um and yeah often it just never used to happen but yeah i slowly got a bit better at it no that's good so at at some point you were introduced to programming yeah when was that that was really late i don't really have one of these very good stories where i was programming at six um yeah I, I mean, from a hardware point of view, um, I was still with my dad take, watching him take apart computers. And I think Windows 95 was my first OS I got used to, uh, got exposed to. Yeah. Um, what did your dad, dad do that he would take apart computers? Uh, so he's an electrical engineer. Um, but I, okay. I think that kind of lends very nicely to tinkering around with home computers. Um, yep. And then introducing, so I, I was sort of using computers from a very early age, sort of five, six, seven, if I, if I can remember rightly. Um, but to be honest, even up to the age of 16, 17, when I was using computers for stuff like Facebook and MySpace and stuff like that. Yeah, that's I, what we all were doing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I kind of was just living in my own little bubble and not really thinking, oh, there's like a whole world behind these these pages that, you know, people are building these sites and programming and stuff like that. So it was actually quite late on before I really got exposed to the, the software side of it. Uh, and, gotcha. and saw it as more as more of just kind of components plugged together and wired together. Um, so yeah, I think it was about I was eighteen before I actually um, got shown what PHP was, or go told to Google what PHP was, and go learn it from there basically. So yeah, quite late. Um, how old are you now? I'm twenty five. Oh shit, you're younger than I am. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Why were you, why did someone tell you? I'm assuming it was a programmer who told you to go Google. It was. Only programmers do that. Yes, but it was. But why did they tell you to go Google PHP? Uh, so basically, I left I left uh, college, which I always get confused about the US education system. I'm trying to work out what equivalent I left college at um, before university. So I haven't got a degree. So I left after A-levels and I actually went to work with my dad to, to do... How old were you when you left? So I was, that was, the, that was when I was 18. So I did. Okay, so um, that might be like senior year, fresh senior year of high school or freshman year of college. Yeah, so you in leave, the, uh, that's the U.S. equivalent. Yeah, so you leave high school at sixteen, then you can do two years of kind of higher education, and then you would go on to university. So I left. Gotcha. I left okay. right before university. Um, so I took my A levels and did not have a clue what I wanted to do. So I went and worked for my dad uh, at, with at his electrical engineering company. Um, what were you doing? I was doing sort of odds and ends. So I was getting exposed to the electrical engineering side. And I actually played with stuff like Arduinos um, before. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So this was like before I even knew like the web had a community, for example. Um, and yeah. like, you know, now Raspberry Pis and Arduinos are all over the place. Um, so we were trying to get data out of uh, proper big like industrial machines and send them up to something like a database. And then we would offer to display them in graph form to the client so they can kind of sit in their nice cushy home and read plant data from their uh, their factories, for example. Um, yep. So yeah, playing with Arduinos, um, 
And my dad had an associate, like a, I think it was a client or associate that who was a programmer. Uh, he actually programmed okay. in, in Delphi, uh, which is similar to like .NET stuff. Uh, he you was, can't see my face, but my eyes just went really wide because <laughs> I've never heard of that in my life. It's I haven't heard of it since him, so no one, no one has meant. It's I presume it's like the COBOL of kind of of that era. So um, yeah, he was like a hardcore programmer, but I dabbled in like PHP for more web stuff. And he was like, yeah, you need a MySQL database, you need PHP to do it. And these terms, but they sounded like very foreign to me. Um, yeah. So it just crept from there. I mean, just googling around and finding uh, tiztag.com, which was PHP and MySQL tutorials. Um, obviously, W3 schools for, for HTML stuff. Um, and then as, as I sort of to start, the requirements started to grow. So, you know, the graphs needed to change when they're hovering or stuff like that. Just slowly and gradually started to piece together what I needed to learn. Uh, and then, I mean, resources like Chris Coyer and NetTuts, like I practically lived on those sites. And yeah, and then I got introduced to jQuery. So yeah, it all kind of took off from there, really. So it came from a very industrial place. Uh, and just needed to get something together and then found out, oh, I can actually build websites and I can build web applications. And yeah, it just exploded from there. When when he told you to go Google it, was he telling you because you were working on a project or was he telling you just because you were interested? You're like, oh, what is PHP? Because you didn't know what it was. Yeah. Let me think about it. I'm trying to remember, actually. Um, I think it was probably a bit of both. I think it was, uh, I'm interested enough in computers so I would have an interest in making this thing work. I wanted to put these two things together. I wanted to see like data coming over the internet somehow. And I have this web page. And if I write words in the right sequence, then I can make, I can make this actual data come onto this web page. So yeah. he, was, he was a good um, sort of uh, mentor a little bit in terms of um, not being a safe, too much of a safety net. So he was very keen on keen on not giving me just the answers, but sort of pushing me and guiding me to to go Google things and read books and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it kind of he sort of pushed me a little bit, and then I just sort of took it, uh, and it became I grew outside the of the project I was doing at work um, and started building websites at home for like WordPress stuff and for friends and family and stuff like that. So yeah. So how long were you working with your dad? So I worked for him. I, I remember so I left there in it must have been about 18 months so yeah it must have been about 18 months and it was only really the last year so the first six months I was very much doing um helping out install these these machines on on site and mm-hmm. uh, doing very industrial stuff um but the last year was spent expanding their business into sort of more more web stuff um gotcha. and like I said the Arduinos and playing with those I actually did some C programming as well um, oh, wow. Before I really knew, I mean, I say I did some C programming. It was, okay, here's the sample thing you get with the Arduino project. I changed some values. So that was my C programming. Um, and we got the uh, thermometer tweeting from the office and stuff like that. So, yeah, just kind of like playing around with all that stuff. Uh, it was quite interesting. Um, did Did you know at the time that these were... I mean, it, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, if this is what you do now for a living, these things were sort of changing your life. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I kind of went to work there probably because I had no direction. Um, sure. And I, I had got bored of my supermarket job that I was working at and thought, right, I'm going to do some something proper, uh, something with a bit more structure. And while I'm there, I'll find my feet, find out what I'm interested in. Because their, their business is quite vast, 
uh, in terms of the, the things they got involved with, there was a good chance yeah. for me to sort of dip in and out of lots of areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I sort of became a little bit sort of addicted to, to cracking the nut on this like web community I suddenly found. Um, and once I sort of found that that's what I could do, then, yeah, I was sort of away with it. So, yeah, I think looking back, you don't realise how, how much effect these little things can happen. Uh, sort of have but yeah then definitely it must have been it must have been changed my life completely yeah right some guy told you to google something and that sort of opened up an entire new world it was like down you know alice down the rabbit hole sort of thing it was like okay google php okay you're going to connect to a database in mysql okay you're going to display that with html and you just get yourself across the whole like lamp stack in a few google searches and then you've got all these terms to start googling and you know reading tutorials on and watching screencasts and stuff like that so yeah, just found a whole new world to do. That's nuts. So you were there for 18 months, and yep. in that 18 months you built stuff for for your, your father's company. Yeah, it was, you... yeah it was mostly internal stuff. Um, it, well, it was kind of more to, to flex those PHP muscles that I had. Um, so it was internal sales tools and stock management tools, very, very dull stuff, but very uh, very basic kind of like thorough stuff that I was doing. Um, and then, yeah, working on these, these web front ends, um, for the clients. So kind of grabbing the data and doing dynamic stuff with it. Yeah. Were you still in contact with this person who told you to, who pretty much kicked off your interest in this stuff? <laughs> yeah. So he kept a, he kept a light interest. Um, and I think I even kept in touch with him a little bit after I left my dad's, but he lives in South Africa. So it was, mm. it was mostly through my dad's work that I actually kind of communicated with him so gotcha much outside of that um haven't spoke to him in ages but i think the last time I, I spoke to my dad about him he's still doing dotnet stuff so but he's all he's on the industrial side so in terms of web stuff never really came across to this side um so yeah that's awesome where did you um where did you go after that because you left yes so what I was did. the next step so i somehow um managed to get an actual web development job. Um, Why do you say somehow? I say somehow because oh, it's just a cliche, like imposter syndrome thing. Um, okay. So yeah, I, just been, yeah. I went I, through the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I obviously worked for my dad that wasn't a web design or web development company. Um, I'd been going home and reading CSS tricks and NetTuts and Stack Overflow. I built a couple of websites for family members and friends of family members Oh yeah, and there's another thing. I actually took it upon myself to take a Java course. Um, so I paid fifteen hundred pound to qualify as a Sun certified Java engineer. That was also another thing I did, which was oh wow, yeah. So I Java, yeah. So that's right. Java PHP was kind of my. They were both at the same time um, my first exposure, and Visual Basic as well uh, because it works well with. Um, obviously, desktop app, desktop apps on Windows. Yeah, um, all three things that are very, very popular right now. Right now, they are bang on trend. So, <laughs> search Hacker News, you'll find Java, Visual Basic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My dark past. So glad I've had to talk about Java thing. But, yeah, right. Uh, no, that was like like I said. Um, I didn't have any perception of what you know how cool HTML was or how not cool Java was or any of these kind of things. Um, so you kind of Google programmer qualification um, and university options didn't look that great in England at the time. So yeah, it was home learning college. Uh, they send you a big pack, uh, you pay £1,500 and then you kind of send them assignments, code assignments, and then 
yeah, you're you're qualified as a Sun certified driver engineer. But yeah, so at the time, my my girlfriend was working as an IT recruiter, um, which she mm-hmm. now regrets, by the way. So <laughs> she said that it was, I, she said it was a horrible job. Like I don't, she didn't enjoy it at all. But she happened to be looking out for a web developer for a company that was based near us. Mm-hmm. Um, so she told me this company uh, because they were local. I sort of checked them out, checked the guy's LinkedIn profile out, and because yeah. LinkedIn is so, oh, I can't think of the word, um, not invasive, but it told him that I'd looked at his profile. Um, yeah. He then checked out my profile and I'd filled it with the, the Java Visual Basic PHP buzzwords that I'd learned. And he basically just dropped me a message and said, hey, uh, notes you, call yourself a web developer. You know, do you want to come in for an interview? And I was like, brilliant. So didn't really think I was at the point to be to be paid professionally to, do, to, be, a, to be a web developer. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was my next place. So I was officially a, a official web developer for a company. Um, doing mobile mobile web development um, was my first first grounding in that. How did it feel? I was I was nauseous for the first three months, pretty much that they they'd work out that I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, kick you out, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you know, you know, shutters come down the window, they march me out, or stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, the interview they gave me like a standard sort of technical. Just to, it was quite informal but it was 10 questions uh 10 yeah. te- 10 technical questions that they give to to all interviewees that come in and i think i i got three of them barely out of 10 um, oh wow okay i, I mean I, I probably would still do horribly on that <laughs> i mean oh t- tell me about it like technical interviews i almost fall apart i mean i've got a bit better now but yeah put on the spot technically i my voice turns to mush and i just like mind blank so coupled with the nerves of actually being in a a web development interview um yeah i think i barely got three and (laughs) kind of handed it back and there was a kind of bit of oh okay um (laughs) but yeah i think i must have just just talked and talked and talked and nervously talked and talked about you know websites i'd done and must have come across passionate i guess because yeah they they hired me sort of there and then um and then yeah that's where i went to work so that was pretty nuts that's, I mean, you know, it, it, I, I definitely have a similar feeling to that. Like it's, yeah. I don't know, it's weird because it sounds like you and I both came from two different industries. Yeah. Um, and by that, I mean like we didn't have prior experience and we sort yeah. of made a choice and we stuck with that choice. Yeah. And I remember my first interview, I made it all the way to the final round and the yeah. entire time I'm just like, <laughs> when, when are they going to tell me to get the fuck out? I know, totally. Because it's I horrible. would have said it to myself yeah. the second I walked in. And you're like excited by it, yeah. But you're also scared to death. Oh yeah, like scared stiff. Like um, if they, you know, open my mouth and I might, I might have vomited, sort of thing. But yeah, I don't know. It, I kind of, um, I think over the years, because I'm, I'm naturally quite a uh, like a shy person in terms of going for stuff um, and actually like put myself out there. I've kind of learned to just lock out certain demons and kind of voices and think well, I'll just blindly go for it. I'll say yes, and we'll sort of see what happens. And if I feel sick on the day, brilliant, then, you know, that's fine. But, yeah, I've kind of did that for a first, the first few years of basically just, just blindly saying yes to things and try and be try and be ignorant about those, those qualms that you might have inside. Um, and most of the time it's kind of worked because I think you then run on sort of pure adrenaline and I think people can probably see that you're, you're really into what you do. So that comes across way better. Yeah, how have you tr- how have you been able to ignore it? 
Uh, like, you know, ignore the doubt, ignore the fear and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, no, I, st- I totally still get it now. Um, like I'm putting on JavaScript workshops and, you know, like the intermediate advanced ones. And then mm-hmm. some blog post will come out on Hacker News and I'll be like, what the shit did that code? Like, what the hell? <laughs> that code just completely, <laughs> completely bemused me. I'm like, like, what I need to sit down and like re-go through it and stuff. So I totally get like, I think every, you think you're the only one, but like everyone has that person in front of them where they're like, that person is doing so much better than I am. And like, they're so much smarter. And I think you don't quite see how far you've come from what you were and um, what you've achieved. So, I mean, I'm definitely not an expert on managing your own your own inner inner voices and demons. But yeah, like I said, kind of, um, I think I try and overcompensate for that by just blindly and naively saying yes to things uh, like mm-hmm. talks and, you know, proposals for talks and uh, like the workshops and stuff like that. Uh, and it's kind of it's gone well. Like I think um, when push comes to shove, you you perform and you can you can do these things. So yeah, the voices are definitely still there. But I say yes before I have the chance to say no. If that's what, if that's what I can say, uh, I did the same no, with that, that interview. Um, like I said, my girlfriend phoned me up. She's like, I was like, this guy has got in touch with me. He wants me to go for an interview. And she's like, what are you going to do? I was like. Well, my first thought was just to just delete the email and pretend it never happened. And he obviously yeah. made a, he obviously made a mistake. Um, <laughs> but it was um, it was no, just say yes before you can say no. So that's that's been my rule for myself recently um, in terms of it's doing stuff. It's basically just throwing yourself into it. Mm, totally, yeah, completely. Uh, like uh, in terms of like contracts and I don't know work and you know if someone at work says you like, can you do this? Uh, we need this done. He'll like sure, I'll do it. And then panic develop your way through it and uh, <laughs> you'll come out of like way better honestly like the amount of times i said yeah definitely do that i can totally do that and just just go home and learn it and then you've you've got that real tangible applicable situation where you've had to learn something and i suppose you come out a lot better the other side it's a good experience so it sounds like i guess two things one that Panicking is always a part of the repertoire to some extent, or at least, yeah. at least starting something new. Yeah. And then it sounds like the second thing is make sure you're doing stuff that involves you to learn. Yeah, totally. Yeah, completely. Um, I, keep, I keep going through the same cycle and noticing it again um, when I tried to pick up, again, pick up iOS for the fourth time because I tried three times before and just way too daunting just way too hard um and gave up those first three times but yeah this time i think i just threw myself in and like pushed myself over that little learning curve mm-hmm. uh, i say little that big learning curve um were you learning objective c or swift so yeah so i was learning i was learning objective c uh and then swift came out and yeah this it also came out at the exact time that i'd written a talk for my for a conference that was um iOS for web developers. So I had to include Swift right at the last moment and talk about the elephant in the room. I was like, God damn Apple. Like they use the same language for like 20 years. And then then as soon as I finally learned one, they bring out another one. So Um, wait a second. You, sorry, sorry, Ben. You were, you were doing a talk on Mm -hmm. a language that you had tried to learn four times. Yes. And I started the talk by saying, has anyone else like me tried and failed four times at learning this? So yeah, it was a very much a here's my first impressions and experiences of this language, basically. Gotcha. Okay. I was yeah. gonna say, like, talk about saying yes before you can say no. <laughs> it was <laughs> it to be fair, I mean, 
I so I but yeah I I build I learn better by building stuff. Um, I made the the huge mistake again. Made the huge mistake of thinking that I could learn through osmosis of just just absorbing stuff. Um, so mm-hmm. I sat on Treehouse and Execute iOS by Samsofts and Josh yep. Long. Um, yep, I have just, that as well. Yeah, and I just thought, right, if I just sit every night with my iPad before I'm about to go to sleep and just watch a few videos, then surely when I come to actually type out Objective C, it's just gonna just gonna channel through me, man. And <laughs> yeah, it did not do that. Um, no, it doesn't ever work that way. It never ever works, and every time I think it's going to be different, but it's not. Um, so yeah, I, I built this app, which was a okay. So I previously built a Node.js app which scans your Twitter timeline, worked out the 10 most, air quotes, popular tweets, um, mm-hmm. and then just presented them to you, almost like a digest of your Twitter timeline. So I had that and I thought, great, like I've got the Node.js code right there. I know what I needed to do. I have the design that my friend had designed for it. And I was like, well, yeah. I just convert this into Objective-C. Brilliant. Uh, so I did that and then uh, wrote it up in a blog post, just literally called iOS, de- iOS for Developers, Web Developers, uh, building permeate which was the app name mm-hmm. um people seem to quite like it um quite like I, re- I remember that yeah it, i remember seeing that that was good I, yeah. I liked it i don't think i told you but i mean it doesn't matter you didn't need my approval that's good um, you told me now that's cool <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it just it felt it felt like there was a bit of a niche with just from personal experience explaining some of the concepts in terms of web terms like we're we're we, as in web people, are sort of more used to. Uh, that was the thing that I couldn't get my head around. It was just, I mean, I said I did C before, but I, I didn't really do C. Like that, yeah, I can't call that writing C code. Um, yeah. But Objective-C was just so much more low level um, than I was used to on the web. So I think if I just tried to explain those in web terms, then people might, I basically wanted to lower the barrier to entry to Objective-C. And yeah, I thought this could totally work as a talk. Um and submitted it, and it got accepted. And yeah, so I stood there with a big block of Objective C on the projector behind me, and me going through it basically. So yeah, that was pretty fun. But <laughs> that's pretty cool. When you so you brought up this idea of like trying to passively learn by Treehouse and all these mm-hmm. videos, I do the same thing. Yeah. Um, the one thing, and I and I sort of want your opinion on this. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer of this. It's the idea of knowledge through observation. So, yeah. What I what I tend to do is I'll watch, and I'm making this up. I'll watch a course on JavaScript, yeah. Or in your case, you might watch a course on Objective C or Swift from Treehouse, right? Yeah. I found that watching that and getting a light uh, brush up on terminology helps me in the long term. It's almost like it's like doing pre work, sort of. Yeah. Like okay, now I know um, that these are the terms or these are the words used in this yeah. language. Yeah. That way, I don't get hung up on what two string is, right, or yes. what two integer might be. And I'm making that up. I know those may or may not be methods. Actually, I don't know <laughs> if those are methods. Um, <laughs> did you find that to be helpful at all? Yeah. Like, no, granted, you, I guess you, it depends if that's what you're looking for. No, you. Sorry, you brought up something that was also very, very um, helpful. And I don't know why, but it's like some sort of constant self analysis thing. But I really like to analyze how I've learned something and then how I can learn something quicker the next time. Yeah. Um, and it, it like layered learning um, seems to be something that I've done before and keep trying to improve on. But I did it when I was trying to learn Backbone. Um, mm-hmm. And this was my first experience in kind of, I'd say like, 
and next level JavaScript stuff. So just from going from writing JavaScript to kind of writing applications in JavaScript. And what I did with Backbone, again, was just sat and tried to absorb every single tutorial that I could find on Backbone and gained confidence without even hitting any keystrokes on my keyboard. Um, and then I came to type it. And again, I came to type Objective-C after Treehouse. And mm-hmm. as soon as I made my first mistake, all of my confidence plummeted. Disappeared. Yep. I Absolutely know that plummeted. exact feeling. And I was like, I don't know anything. I just don't know anything. Um, I've learned exactly what that guy was typing. Um, uh, but apart from that, I'm literally sinking. So yeah, mo- uh, massive loss of confidence at that point. Um, but what I did find was as soon as I was building something uh, and kind of making the mistakes and always not like always recognize this, you learn more from like uh, being curious than sometimes than sort of reference. So you know, if, if something weird has happened or you've made a mistake and you don't know how to fix something, like often I've just found just sort of going Googling it and uh, finding, again, yourself down a rabbit hole of different searches and people's opinions, you kind of gain a bit of a different perspective. But you having that initial like sponging of knowledge that you were doing on Treehouse and, mm-hmm. you know, tutorials and stuff, like you said, um, it then starts to come back. And when you're a bit more confident, you kind of think, oh, yeah, that that theory, totally, I can now apply that actual theory. Um, And what I did with the iOS was, once I started building stuff, was actually going back to the Treehouse course on the Execute iOS and watching certain videos and certain concepts and just reapplying them um, and find that the sort of like the layered effect of the learning was was pretty effective. It was pretty good. Um, but yeah, those first few keystrokes I typed and Objective-C just bombed out. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And I've I've talked about this on a few other episodes in, in, in general. Yeah. But what ends up happening with, with NetTuts, Code School, Treehouse, Linda, any of them, what they do, and I think it's fair, is they teach you through doing something, right? They're like, we're going to build an app that is a to-do list, yeah. right? And then what they do is they're not actually teaching you how these things work. They yeah. teach you how to type the keystrokes. Oh, they're man, like, yeah. all right, we're going to write to string. Yeah. Type T, type O, capital <laughs> S. Yeah. And, and I do, I've, I've, I've been in the same position as you is where you get to a point where the, the way in which they've applied a particular set of knowledge to this technology or writing this application, yeah. as soon as it varies even slightly, yeah. you feel like you're lost in the woods. Yeah. And what I found for me to be really um, interesting or at least helpful, yeah. like so my whole 2014, I was getting better at JavaScript. Yeah. And I did incrementally. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, my. Comparatively to anybody else, I probably learned very little mm-hmm. about JavaScript, but for me, it was large leaps and bounds. Yeah, um, I read the definitive guide because yeah. what that's a, it's a six hundred page, <laughs> yeah, very very technical document. But what I found to be very interesting and actually helpful for me, and I don't know that this is the case for everybody, is mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll give you two scenarios. One scenario is. Uh, what most people do in the in the premise of learn by doing. Yeah, you have you're building something. You come into a problem and you Google around, maybe for ten minutes, maybe for three hours, until you figure yeah. out how to do it. Yeah, and you get to a point where you come to a method, and I'm making this up. Let's say in JavaScript, you you want to come up with a random number, but you want it to be rounded up. Yeah, right. So it's going to be 
number.random and then within that like number.seal or whatever i think yeah or maybe it's seal and then random whatever it doesn't matter yeah um you don't know those you don't know how to get there so you have to google to find it out yeah and then once you have what you want you might take the extra step and google what dot seal or dot number does yeah um that's one way to go about it what i found was beneficial for me is reading every morning just read it for like an hour read it for 30 minutes yeah uh, and do the exercises even if you don't get them I gained that same knowledge that yeah. someone else might gain from Googling yeah. a lot faster. So yes. I, I basically what ended up happening for me is I was given an entire toolbox filled with all the tools available to JavaScript. Yeah. And then I was given text to tell me how these tools work, Yeah, which then allowed me to be confident. And so I know how arrays are made. I know how push works. I know how pop works. Yeah. If I know those three things and I know what a for loop is, yeah. I can go ahead and make my own thing. Yeah. And for me, the well, in, in general, without dragging on too long, I think what's interesting is no one can really teach you how to think about programming or how yeah. to – no one can teach you the language in which a computer speaks Yeah. or how to create that sentence to communicate. What they can teach you is the tools that you need. To, to communicate with the computer, it's up to you, and I think that's where the. And tell me if uh, you know your opinion here. It's up to you to create that piece of artwork yeah. that communicates, and that piece of artwork might be um, a script that you write, it might be a function that you write, it might be the entire app. But yeah. that has been really valuable to me. Is as bad as it sounds, and as boring and dry as it is, <laughs> going back and reading like the the root of the text. Like where the technology stem from, where it comes from. That way, you sort of get a better understanding of what the hell you're messing with. Yeah, no, so I completely agree. I've got like I've also got like 180 on the way that I sort of look at the learning side, and I sort of found that the first like two three years when I was, I was trying to learn sort of jQuery and front end stuff, um, I was like, okay, how do I make a gallery? How do I make my my site have a gallery kind of thing? And it was. Here's this, here's, this, here's this code, like copy and paste it, great. And I sort of changed it. And I was very much about the the sort of result as opposed to the, the implementation. The process. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, and that, it got stuff done. And I you can get by so, not so easily, but you can make yourself pretty productive doing that um, because you can get stuff done really quickly. But like you said, you come unstuck if you just learn by doing. And that's why I think, what's a good example? But... I've noticed it recently with uh, the workshops I've been putting on, um, and just noticing a trend in like the community where people are trying to solve problems with frameworks and solve problems by using. Oh, you need Angular for this. Like, you definitely need Angular for this. You should definitely use yeah. it. Uh, and I'm like, oh man, like if you just go and go back and learn these sort of basic building blocks, then you have all the answers. You just need to work out which one is the right one for that situation. And yeah, there was another point I was going to make. Um, yeah, that was it. So um, I think it was, <laughs> sorry, you were talking. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Um, it was when I was learning iOS. Um, it's kind of, people say like Swift's easier to learn iOS, which that's a statement people make. Um, and that's fair enough. But what I found with Objective-C was I learned how to create an array in Objective-C, how to, you know, manipulate strings and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But then I was like, like, okay, so I'm I'm fairly confident with Objective C. Like, how do I make an iPhone app? How do I make like a, a button appear on an actual screen? That's not creating an array. That's not manipulating a string. Um, yeah. So I think you can kind of, unless I was thinking about the what works for me personally is the sort of more the layered learning where 
like you said, you start with a reference, purely dry reference, um, mm-hmm. and you try and acquire all of the tools. And I think jumping to the other end and kind of then working back a little bit by sort of, I don't know, seeing how something works and then kind of deconstructing it as well um, and seeing what parts made up that thing is, is very beneficial. But yeah, I just, I see quite a trend recently of um, trying to solve things with like the most powerful solution possible, like i.e. like a Angular or, you know, Meteor and stuff like that. And like you said, you can't teach people how to be a programmer, but I think it's definitely beneficial if people, people can go back and, and nail those basics um, just to have those in their their second, third mind and long term memory sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm for that. I, you know, the other thing I think that ends up happening is I know for me, I went from advertising, like mm-hmm. I did digital strategy okay. to development. Yeah, um, and I actually talked about this on an, probably many interviews in the past. But yeah, you go in in the um, in the capacity in which I worked. You often thought big picture. So yeah. what I thought was my website needs a gallery. Yeah, in development, it's a little bit different. That's mm. the end result. But yeah. the the question you're trying to solve, or the challenge you're trying to solve, is: I need a gallery. But what I need to do is first, I need to display images. Yeah. Then I need to make sure one image displays at a time. Yeah. Then I need to make sure when this interaction happens. Yeah. This result happens. Yeah. And then you know what I mean. What ends up happening is you end yeah. up breaking it down to a lot smaller steps. And I think. When when you sort of partner this idea of layered learning, like you said, yeah, um, respecting and understanding what your tools are capable of doing, yeah, and then also the ability to to break down things into very small problems, you end up with a very good programmer. Yes, um, and it's someone who is, in my opinion, re- probably patient, yeah, uh, probably very curious, um, and someone who's like okay with like fucking up for a little bit, <laughs> realistically. Yeah. yeah, totally. So yeah, so. You took this job and yep. you were like scared they were going to fire you. Yeah. What were you doing there? Were you just a front end developer? <laughs> no, so I was my, uh, we were all web developers. Um, okay. So they, they didn't really specify at all. Uh, they, they actually split it differently. So they had designers and web developers. Um, so it was very much the whole designers designed PSDs and then developers built the company website. They did client work, they built internal tools. Um, but there was four general web developers, uh, and I was on that team. So the company had built their own software. This was, I say this predates responsive web design. It kind, okay. of, it kind of predated it a little bit. So it, it, it was definitely before, I think it was before Ethan Marcotte did his uh, responsive web design article. Um, and people were trying to, still, you know, trying to get stuff to work on mobile and desktop and all stuff like this. So this, yeah. com- this company that I worked for wrote their own proprietary software, which they they sold usage for, um, where you could design your, your site in a very drag-and-drop environment. And this would be kind of big brands who were you know, maybe doing like a... We did the uh, Microsoft Office 2010 like, like kind of launch campaign. Um, and someone from there, like maybe an ad guy or you know someone in design, would just drag and drop stuff onto a, a phone, uh, and they didn't need to worry about you know the widths that the phone was going to render it at and stuff like that. So yeah. I got to work. I actually worked on more mobile web development than I did desktop web development um, for ages. The, the only web stuff, the only desktop stuff I did was sort of their company website and all the the WordPress sites I was doing at home for for other people. Um, so yeah, but there I got exposed to 
more more high level PHP than I was ever really used to. There was some really good, there was a really good JavaScript developer there um, who promptly helped me kind of drop jQuery slightly and kind of look beneath the surface of that. And then some really good designers. So going from a company where it was very industrial and sort of electrical engineering with one one voice on the end of Skype um, who knew programming um, to being chucked into a team was was great. Um, and sort of learned so much from from those guys. Uh, so yeah, just kept progressing with that and eventually started to, to like the jQuery JavaScript side a bit more and then ended up specializing... I didn't call myself a JavaScript developer at that at that point, but I was I was going home and I was I was reading you know Definitive Guide and the good parts and basically the whole the whole O'Reilly library, um, yeah, and really getting to grips with sort of native JS um, and really going back to basics with that because like like I said to you all I was was a kind of I was a Stack Overflow Googler um, and almost sponging off the knowledge of people that were there. Um, and I was like, no, I really should like go back and learn the basics of this. Uh, and that's what I did. I went back to strings, arrays, all stuff like this. Um, and yeah, kind of built it back up sort of thing, which was very beneficial. Do you think that working with that team mm-hmm. helped propel your learning and, and realistically, I guess, at, at the, this pace, your, your career? Mm. Yeah, I'm, I, I did fall into the trap a lot of the times of using them as safety nets too much. Um, cause like I said, I, I thought that I kind of lucked my way into that job. Uh, and these were guys who had been working for at least five years already in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think one guy I used to work with, uh, Remy Sharp, who made JSBin. He worked with him down in London. So these are all like quite experienced guys. And that was me who'd done a couple of WordPress sites basically. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, no, I felt very, very inferior, but, um, I think, having their more superior knowledge kind of um also I'm quite competitive as well so I was like no I kind of want to be as clever and smart as those guys so yeah I play try to play catch up as much as possible I think I think people think in, like the whole fraud imposter syndrome can be bad and it it probably is but it can also drive you to to kind of think you're playing catch up and become a lot better so I was I was doing that at work and then I was spending evenings at home ignoring my pleasant girlfriend who I, <laughs> I is now my wife now um who was fine with me being sat in front of the computer on net huts and you know researching all these things and making little silly projects to just to learn so yeah definitely felt like I was playing catch-up to them basically which you know again I think was beneficial why you mentioned the thing about the imposter syndrome why mm-hmm. do you why do you believe that that it's like not you know it's not what it should be or it's sort of bullshit I don't know. I think, um, again, this is just sort of my personal experience stroke opinion, but I, I think it probably comes to face the fact that the web industry has no official standard, has no official qualifications. So I think in certain industries, you can kind of measure yourself a little bit easier, um, either by, you know, educational accolades or um, jobs or sectors and stuff like this. But I think with a web where you can kind of be almost like a bedroom developer and start uploading your stuff to Dribble and then get yourself clients and then earn some decent money. And then, you know, you've got another person who might go and work for, you know, corp company X and then had kind of gradually building their way up the ladder and stuff like that. I think because there's so much variety and the wide spectrum in the web, I think, I don't know. I don't think people can measure themselves as easy. 
Yeah, it's it's you know the web is an interesting place. Like, mm. um, I'll, I'll use a, a not related at all sort of example <laughs> for you know when I can speak for the sake of the U.S. Mm. Uh, when people migrated to the U.S. when when the U.S. really became you know a, a new bustling place. Yeah, and basically after the what is it the revolution or whatever mm. um or the mayflower whatever whatever that time in history <laughs> we had to make doors right because yeah. people were building homes yeah and for a while the door was whatever the however the hell the person made it yeah might have been really tall might have been narrow might have been short and wide it could have been a mixture of both but what ended up happening was no doors were the same yeah unless, unless they were made by the same person which yeah. probably didn't happen yeah and then at some point somebody was like Hold on, we need to formalize doors. <laughs> yeah, and it, it came because of a, a mass production, right? Homes became easier to build, yeah, probably because essentially they built out a framework, right? And the framework was, this is what a door is. This is how you put a door together. These are the measurements. Yeah, the web has sort of done that. Yeah, uh, and by that I mean like you know, in a form you use the button tag. You don't use a link tag. Yeah. Um, there's a certain way that you write Ajax, but yeah. we've never come to a full formalization of the web in yeah. terms of, and I'll use front end as an example. There isn't one way to write a navigation in yeah. front end. It, it, it is strongly encouraged to use the nav tag, yeah. but you don't have to. No. And I, I, I think that premise alone yeah. is what is, is a very strong backbone, at least for me, yeah. uh, in agreement of what you've been saying, only because it's like, you didn't. Ha- you, you can go to college for it, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you can sort of just learn it at your pace when you want, and yeah. if you want to make money from it, it's sort of up to you. Yeah, totally. Um, which is interesting, but it's also, you know, the only time I've ever had anxiety in my life. It was one time, and mm. it was on a web project. I interned somewhere. <laughs> After I left advertising, I interned at a small design studio, and they're amazing people. Yeah. There's one thing I couldn't fix, and I couldn't fucking fix it on i8. Yeah, dude, is the worst. But it was like four o'clock, and then five o'clock rolled around, and then we had to give it to the client that day, and it was five thirty. And I was like, oh my god! And it, you know, it's interesting because if there was some formalization, yeah, then I would have known that. But at the same time, I'd probably less and be less involved. And I, you know, I think the industry that we're in, it takes a particular level of commitment and respect. As well as just straight up interest to do what we do, because yeah, any, anybody can do it, totally. but not anyone does it, and there's a, there's definitely a reason for that. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's why I get a little bit frustrated with uh, well, quite a bit frustrated with a bit like yeah, let's stick with front end because that's quite a bit of a minefield right now. But like, no one, no one can say how front end should be done. Like, there is no there's no textbook to follow. So yeah, I think. What's annoying is when, um, what's it called? Like the cargo culting or the dogmatism where people come out and come like the strongest opinion wins sort of thing. Um, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And more recently, the big the big Zook, Zook machine is kind of getting involved in more, more front-end dev stuff and they're bringing out stuff like React and Flux. And like, these are nice tools and I've used them very recently and had to play with them and stuff. But I think you kind of... Um, especially if you were just getting into it or, you know, even now, um, you read something, you're like, oh, well, I, I don't do that. Like, that's not the way I do it. Um, yeah. And you can kind of feel slightly inferior that you're not doing it the way yep. Facebook is telling you you should be building web apps and stuff like that. 
Yeah, um, and it's sort of it's sort of as if because of their size, they yeah. become the, the authority, the governing bodies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, Google have done a hell of a lot for stuff like dev tools and stuff like that. Yeah, but again, well, with, if if Paul Irish says something, I usually listen. Yes, yes. If he told me to go stand outside, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll probably just go do that. Then. <laughs> um, yeah. You you've tested it enough. You know it's efficient. Yes, you know, exactly. It won't, it won't break. He must have good plans for me. So. Um, Yes, uh, but I don't know. It just it's quite frustrating as well. With I don't know, with certain things being seen as the next progression on, and if you're still using, I can't believe you're still using X. Like, why are you not using like Y? Like, we've moved on from that, and that's not the way anyone does it anymore. And oh, I don't know. It's um, it kind of goes back to the building block thing. I think if you can, you know, become good at one thing and solid and thorough, I think you can. Tr- and if you can try and work out where the the noise starts and the 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 extra fluff, then you'll be a lot more secure, I guess, in yourself about what you know and what you can do, because you start to realise that you reach a certain level, and then it's all it's all subjective, and no yeah. no one really knows what they're doing. And like you said, like a, like I said, the most tweets on a blog post that'll that'll win, and that'll be the most popular opinion that week. But yeah, it's crazy. Like I'm. I, I don't know. I, I wrote it. I wrote it before in a in a post. It must have been back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and it was uh, so reassuring. It was um, don't be put off if you're just coming into the web industry. And I kind of found that because I came from like you uh, another industry, I kind of broke in from the back and like snuck in the back door. Um, yeah. And I I didn't really get exposed to web forums and Twitter and people I should be following, trademark sort of thing, um, until sort of four or five months in uh, and then you start hearing like the the big voices and the the loud blog posts and stuff like that so yeah just it can get very noisy sometimes how do you like you know throughout your career yeah i mean well it, it's not, there's probably a, a a fair comparison between the both of us mm. in the beginning you sort of wandered and then, yeah. and by wandered, I mean like you were figuring this stuff out. Yeah. And then you found you found some direction in what you were doing, whether yeah. that was through just the the particular language you were working in, or yeah. maybe the people you were working with. And then at some point, you felt confident enough to have your own opinion on things. Yes. When you got to that point where you were confident enough, yeah. how did you start disregarding all the all basically <laughs> all the people with megaphones talking about their own opinions? Um. So, I'm not sure how much of an impact it had, but I actually found it was mostly lifestyle driven. Um, okay. So, like I said, I, I the second job after I left the, that um, the mobile web development company, uh, yep. I, I got my second shitting myself job, which was a, a an actual JavaScript developer job in London. Okay. Rewriting a company's .NET application into pure backbone js talking to a rest api and i was going to be leading the javascript on that and again, that sounds big again going from someone who was the in my eyes the lowly member of a four-person team um, yeah. to kind of spreading my wings and going off and saying yes i can i can definitely do this job um yeah uh so yeah going, going off and doing that um so yeah i was working working in london but we were living a little bit outside of london because I've got a small daughter as well, so we we wanted a bit of space. So I was commuting three hours a day, uh, round trip. So oh wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it was. So it's kind of like seven till seven every day. 
And because it was a new position, so it was like an actual JavaScript developer position, I, it kind of opened up a whole new new flipping wall of crap that I had to get through of opinions and <laughs> blog posts. And, well, now you're not just a, a web developer, you are a, a specialized JavaScript developer. You've now got to definitely be okay with these concepts and these topics and stuff. So I spent the whole year just obsessively reading everything I could. And I actually went back and reread all those O'Reilly books that I'd read six months previous mm-hmm. and again sort of layered it back on um i really nailed some of the concepts and everything you know on hacker news i was just obsessed with like reading everything on there making sure i knew the latest libraries tools releasing stuff on github um sticking stuff on dribble trying to keep my designs to, like practice going and then it got to the end of the year and being a little bit burnt out from the traveling and the kind of not having that greater home life through the traveling and sort of work and stuff. Um, we actually moved back up near, near sort of friends and family. And I quit that, that job in London. Um, and I found myself, not that I didn't care anymore, but I just, it just became all a bit white noise. And mm-hmm. like I said, it was, it was sort of lifestyle driven because I kind of, I stopped wanting to, just keep reading about different opinions and different approaches. I just wanted to go do them and create my own. And that's when I really stepped up on the whole um, sort of teaching and like content creation and, you know, writing more in-depth tutorials and doing the screencasts and stuff like that. Um, And (laughs) becoming a megaphone, which is definitely not what I want to become. Um, But yeah, so blocking that out, I don't know, it was um, taking the pressure off of, of having to know everything as soon as it came out on the internet and, you know, wanted to save face by saying, yes, I've definitely heard of that library or that tool and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, that was it really. I was <laughs> just kind of... No, that's good. Yeah, you I, know, was... I, I find it interesting only because, you know, I'll talk to people yeah. and they're like, oh yeah, I messed with, you know, what languages you use? I'm like, I use this. And yeah. often, sometimes, you know, I, I read one article that I really liked. It was a while back. Yeah. And it was basically saying that like HTML and CSS and JavaScript, like basic JavaScript is yeah. sometimes en- enough to do the job. Yes. And I'm like, well, you know, you know, I might be talking to someone and maybe at the time I'm using like static stack or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you should definitely just, why don't you just <laughs> build it in Angular? Why don't you just build it in? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, why can't I just build it in this? Yeah. Like it does the job. And, you know, I, I find that it's similar in what you're saying. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of crap. Yeah. Crap because it's opinion. Crap because it's not factually based, right? There's no no proof that Angular is better than Knockout and no. Knockout's better than React. Yeah. And that React is better than Rails, which is totally different, or that PHP is whatever. It's all opinion. Totally. Um, I think there comes a, a, a point when we have to really embody the idea of becoming pragmatic yeah and being okay with context shifting which is fine if necessary but then also like drew wilson he he does ios he can do a lot but like sometimes he just writes shit in php because that's what he knows yeah it's like yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what's new what's faster like it's what am i comfortable in what can i write in what do i know well yeah um and if it if it works and it works up to industry par, yeah. i.e. you're not hacking shit, right? Yeah. And your stuff isn't like really like it's not modular, like it's it's really crappy code, all that yeah. kind of stuff. As as long as it's maintainable and it's good and you can hand it off to somebody who know is in the same realm of expertise, I think you're fine. No, totally. Um yeah, we we chatted about that when I was on his podcast. Um and 
Yeah, he was sort of saying like the last when you when you have motivation to build something or you know a sudden idea and you just want to jump on it and do it like that's definitely not the time that you want to be trying out this new shiny toy and getting hit the first obstacle and like googling how do I hello world in Angular JS sort of thing. Yeah, um, right. you just want to use what you know. Um, there's a t- I think there's a time definitely a time for play and I I actually say separate it quite nicely nowadays where. Um, if I am just wanting to play with something, then I will just set aside a bit of time just to just to play with play it. With it yeah. um, but if I want to build something, then I go back to my trusted stack and like yeah. the what the stuff and the tools that I'm used to. So yeah, I definitely think and there's there's a time and a place for it. But I, yeah, you are right. I think HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Like if there was someone who was really good at those three, like really really good, um, and someone. A company happened to use Ember, for example, and you know this person hadn't used Ember before, but they'd used another thing. Like, I hope that the industry is in a place where uh, that person would be taken on. Bear in mind, they're a nice person because people can see that they're really good at the core stuff, and this extra yep. stuff is purely just—it's just different experiences. It's not a level of experience; it's just different experiences. I think that's what's quite frustrating sometimes about maybe the recruiter industry where they're like, Oh, you have, I, I can't really say where, but, um, I have heard a story, um, from my, my partner who said that a recruiter that she knew once turned someone down for a, didn't let someone through to an interview because they hadn't put X HTML on their CV. Um, oh my gosh. they were very obviously proficient in HTML, but because this recruiter didn't tick the box of they had X HTML, they didn't get through. Um, so yeah, that just that that worries me no end. And yeah, I just think, yeah, a pragmatist like that should be the number one thing um, from yeah. a hiring perspective, from a learning perspective. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, it, it it it's interesting that you speak that. I think most developers have that perception. Yeah. Um, and that idea yeah. sometimes it's just. I haven't ran into it yet, so I can't speak for it. Yeah, uh, from in my own experiences, but I'm sure there there are times or sometimes you do just need someone to jump in and be proficient at Angular. Yeah, and not that not that you don't believe they can learn it, but that sometimes you're just like two months out from a huge new product yeah. push, and you just need that guy that knows it. But granted, that's when levels come in, right? Like you yeah. would hire a senior person in yeah. a role like that potentially versus a junior person, and yeah. and again, that's a little bit more discretion on there, and so. You left that first job. Yeah. You went to the second job. Yeah. Uh, where you were doing, you were rebuilding a whole bunch of stuff, and then you left that job. Yep. What was after that? Uh, so after that was, so I'd had the idea to go properly self. So I'd been freelancing um, along all, along my, all of my jobs, um, like all two of them, um, all of my yeah. jobs. Um, <laughs> I've been I've been freelancing. I've been maintaining that freelance on the side. So I'd never kind of gone out and sought it, and I'd never pushed it, but. Just things came along. I would do them in the evenings just for a bit of extra cash and stuff like that. Um, never really pushed it any more than that. But during the end of my time at the London company, um, things had started to pick up just through naturally mm-hmm. making myself available, I guess. Um, and enough stuff came in that I could jump across to not having to do not having to do full time work. Um, so that coincided with a big, so at the same point in my life where I moved everyone back up to a different house, I also quit my job in London 
and start a self-employed freelance career, which does mm-hmm. great for your your nerves, nervous stomach and stuff like that. So, yeah, oh, I bet that was a, that was a fun time in my life. Um, and I, by the way, I totally was not ready for that. Um, I think you sometimes you can kind of lie to yourself, think I'm totally prepared for this this new move I'm going to do. Um, <laughs> but when you look, we look back at it and we're like, well, shit, we really weren't financially sorted enough to do that. But I don't know, like when you need to make things happen, you can make things happen. And like when there's rent due and there's like a kid to feed and stuff like that. So you can like, you can hustle, you can make it happen. Um, Yeah, totally. So yeah, so I left that and took on a few um, contracts. So these are all word of mouth. Um, Started to put like push kind of Twitter and, you know, letting people know that I was self-employed and available for contract work. Uh, Worked on a bunch of different stuff. Uh, Took on a Rails project when I not really in rails um oh wow that was like flying by the seat of my pants that was that was horrendous um but got through that okay uh, <laughs> said yes before i probably should have said no but yeah so i did that for sort of first six months and again sort of said yes to everything that was more more from a point of just getting some money built up in, an account, in my business account um yep. just enough to have a bit of breathing room some days I was sort of doing multiple contracts. So I was doing one in the morning and the afternoon, then another one in oh, the wow. evening. So I was doing like seven till three and then I was like having dinner and stuff and then going back on another one to 1am. Um, I think I did that for like 16 days straight. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you were a zombie, I bet. Oh yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I work at home. So like <laughs> I didn't have any travel to do and it was a very cushy, a very cushy home office. So it wasn't too bad. I mean, I was pretty much just chained. My like, wife was just, drip feeding me coffee the entire time um so yeah got through that and then sort of chilled out a bit um kind of craved the the stability and the structure again and i worked with another company um in london also rewriting their stuff in javascript um that was Mm -hmm. all remote as well so yeah I, i worked with them for seven months up until december of 2014 but then while i was doing that i definitely always had the end goal not the end goal a goal in my life was to become completely self-sufficient um, and kind of not need to rely on client work at all. And up until the point, up until like recently, it was everything I did was pretty much for learning. Um, and if it happened to take off, brilliant. But I'm not very good at marketing at all. So once stuff was launched, I was like, well, I've deployed to Heroku, surely I will get a million users now. Um, and it would, <laughs> if you build it, they must come. They will must come because I, I put that tweet out like last week and surely that will bring loads of people. Um, yeah. yeah, I had that horrible mentality and I still do sometimes. Um, but yeah, so I'd kind of hadn't really done anything to, to sink my teeth in enough uh, to really make a go of something. Um, but recently, like I said, I'm trying to get into... So I dropped client work completely on December the 19th. Oh, wow. Congrats. Um, Thanks very much. Um, it's kind of like, I say I've dropped client work. I'm probably going to need to do some client work soon. Um, if the workshops, because like, I mean, selling tickets is hard, man. So oh, my, I my, bet, man. my job has gone from like writing code for money and for hire um, to now trying to teach code for money. Um, and my job is now day to day. People are like, oh, what are you doing at work? I'm like, well, day to day, I'm kind of, being an Eventbrite administrator um, and writing Mailchimp campaigns um, and working on workshop prep, so yeah, kind of very different to what I've been what I've been used to. Um, 
and stuff like the iOS apps, like I said, that have been for more personal personal uh, fulfillment um, have been quite hard to justify working on because, I mean, the one of them is a paid app, um, but doesn't bring in anywhere near enough to be an income. So yeah. it's in its very early legs where we kind of got a couple hundred users who are really good. Like they genuinely want this, seem to want this app to succeed and add features and stuff. But you kind of, I've got that hungry like feeling to develop on it, but it's mm-hmm. not justifiable for time. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of kicking off the workshops and the like the private training stuff. Um, and yeah, just getting into that sort of thing. Um, and just give myself time, I guess. Like that's the sort of, the goal is to, give myself enough time day to day that I can find something that I'll be happily to spend the next sort of five, six, 10, 15 years on and uh, build something up slowly, um, which I kind of feel like I'm progressing towards slowly. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like from <clears throat> in the past, you said you started when you were roughly 18. So yeah. in the past, what, five to eight years, you've grown well. Eight years is actually a lot, so you've done a lot. <laughs> yeah, but you—it sounds like it's leaps and bounds. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's awesome. It, it, you know, for someone who is, I would argue and say that I'm somewhere on the path that you are on, just maybe a little bit mm. behind you. Uh, it's reassuring, right? It's not. It's nice. It's nice to know that people who've gone before me, yeah, have sort of paved a path that, while I'm not going to follow it exactly, right, and it's not the yeah. same exact path. You, you know, you've you've at least in this interview, you've talked about a bunch of stuff that are questions that other people might have, right? Yeah. Or it, scenarios that other people might exist in yeah. that you've existed in. And, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's definitely been good to hear, yeah. hear about this. It's reassuring at the least. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's good to talk about. It's, you don't really get a chance to, um, especially when you work remotely and you work from home. And you, I mean, I can't explain like MongoDB problems to a three-year-old anymore without being like the worst father in the world. Um, but yeah, no, it's good to sort of chat through these things and um, reflect, I guess. So yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah. But like you said, um, sort of looking for, I like, I read about, um, I mean, earlier, like tweeted a link from Andrew Wilkinson, the MetLab guy. And um, that was like, I really, really enjoyed that article. Um, and that that's, that's something that, I really want to sort of strive towards where you can have this thing that you've put your all into and you don't mind, you know, coming up to your office every day and working on it and it's a pleasure and it kind of, you know, pays your bills and all stuff like that. And you can kind of build something slowly and, and thoroughly. So yeah, that's the, that's the goal. That's awesome, man. So I, I have some questions. Yeah. Um, Knowing everything that you know now, yeah. what would you tell your younger self if you could go back to any any stage of your life? Yeah, and be like, "Hey, man, here are the winning lotto numbers." Yeah, what would you uh, <laughs> what What would you tell yourself? What would I tell myself? Christ, what would I change? I don't know. I don't think I'd change anything. Well, no, it's not so much changing. Yeah, but uh, you know, like we, I've done a couple interviews this week where the the idea is just like. Hey, like trust yourself, or yes. you know, believe in you know it. It doesn't have to be uh, something that is hopeful. It could be very <laughs> literal. But I'm curious if there's any any piece of advice you'd give yourself from the past. I think um, more in sort of general as me as a person. I think I would tell my younger worrying self um, that it never really gets that bad. Like it never gets as bad as you think it's going to get. So. 
all the times that you spend worrying and analyzing worst case scenarios of people finding out about how much you don't know and a mistake, well, not necessarily mistakes you've made, but you know what I mean? So you're always thinking like, shit, what are they going to find me out? And, you know, this is all going to go to crap and I actually don't know web stuff and I've been lying to myself. And I just think I would tell myself not to, that it doesn't actually ever end up half as bad as you think. So <laughs> you might as well just remove that worry from your life because like... That's fair. Yeah, it's a good know, point. It generally works out okay, being completely flippant about incredibly bad <laughs> incredibly bad things that happen to people but it generally works out okay in everyday life um now the second part of that question is yeah and it's okay if it's the same yeah what would you tell what would you tell a complete newcomer so yeah let's pretend that tomorrow you get an email from somebody who's yeah. like ben i found your blog i love everything you're doing i just mm-hmm. started in web development yeah do you have any advice um i think like do as much as possible do as much as possible because I think um, I know there's a whole like jack of all versus master of none sort of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think like in life, I think you can, you can dabble in lots of stuff without being a jack of all. Um, I think you can just end up finding your feet in something. So I think if I was younger again um, and seemed to be able to stay up till 4am like I used to and can't now, um, (laughs) Like I used to like spend like till I'd like watch a film with my girlfriend on a Saturday night and then she'd fall asleep and I'd be like, great, I'll stick the social network on. I'll do some designing in Photoshop or I'll do some code stuff or whatever. And then it'd be 4am and I'd be like, shit, probably should go to bed now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think just like do as much as possible because I do, I wouldn't try and, I wouldn't want someone to define themselves or like pigeonhole themselves too early on. Um you need to you need to sample everything before you you pick your your main and your dessert. Um, so yeah, I think just do as much and like just gain as much knowledge and work with loads of different people. Like collaborating has been a, definitely like a massive um, part of my development career. Um, collaborating with people and sort of like learning off them and riffing ideas and stuff like that. So yeah, sort of making friends and all stuff like that. So just doing as much as possible without burning yourself out. That's awesome. Now we have one last question. Okay. We ask this question on every show. It's a secret fun time question. Okay. Um, and normally I ask something that is not relevant to the talk at all, but this to me is somewhat interesting, especially coming from your background. Yeah. If you never, if you never got into the web, yeah. What do you think you'd be doing as a career? I'd be doing as a career. Um, so I would be either. I would have continued down my path of supermarket worker and I would have probably just been doing that, but I wouldn't have been very happy Mm -hmm. with that. Um, Or more recently, I've been stepping up in my cooking skills. So I'd like to think that I would have found those skills earlier um, and ended up going to work in a kitchen or a restaurant and yeah, potentially opening my own restaurant one day. So hopefully my alternative uh, fringe universe Ben would be a cook or a chef right now if he wasn't a web developer. That's awesome. You know, I, I had an uh, interview that I did earlier today and yeah. we talked about the the idea of uh, people in our industries as well as design industries respectively yeah. um, tend to gravitate or work in fields or rather like things yeah. that have to do with their hands. So, yeah. 
you know, we, you and I do development. I also like cooking and baking, yeah, both with the hands. Yeah, um, totally. it's interesting that you bring up the food stuff. Not saying that that fortifies this idea any more than it was before, but I, you know, <laughs> well, it's now you've an got two people. That's fine. That's that's an idea. You got a movement right there. Um, yeah, no, totally. I think like as much as I feel fulfilled by doing the code stuff every day, I think there's that certain like step up in terms of creativity when you can like present something to someone. Um, and really get your hands dirty and yeah, make something. Yeah, no, it's fun. Well, sweet, dude. I appreciate you talking about this. Is there anywhere, if someone wanted to reach out to you or contact you yep. or just hit you up online, where can they do so? Um, probably send them towards my site because then I've got all my email links and Twitter links and stuff. So benhalder.im because um, there was a sale on IMs when I bought that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> drove most of my choices. Um, so yeah, on there, like drop me an email or you know, always like tweet me anytime, whatever. So yeah, at Ben Howdle and Ben Howdle I am my internet address. Awesome. Well, thanks, Ben. I appreciate you coming on the start. No, thank you for having me. It's been great. <laughs>